Hey, and welcome to the Stories Unveiled podcast, where we talk about the purpose in every story and how to live in freedom from your past. I am your host, Ashley Sears, and each episode, you're invited into a conversation about real life between me and a friend. I believe if an issue is addressed in the Bible, then it's important to create a safe and supportive space to discuss it. While some of these conversations are not easy, I do believe they are worth it. If you like what you hear, please visit our ministry at storiesunveiledconference.com. Thank you for joining today. This episode is brought to you in part by Pure Desire Ministries. Lives and relationships are being destroyed by sexual brokenness, pornography, and betrayal trauma. Pure Desire believes you were designed to live a life without sexual brokenness and the effects it can have on your future. After working with men, women, and churches for over 20 years, Pure Desire has developed a comprehensive plan to breaking free, healing relationships, and getting your life back from sexual brokenness and betrayal trauma. Through recovery and healing groups, a clinical program, and partnerships, Pure Desire is helping the church effectively address unwanted sexual behaviors, betrayal trauma, and the impact of sexual brokenness. To join a group, start counseling, or get more information, go to puredesire.org. You can take your life back from sexual brokenness and betrayal trauma. Start your journey of healing today. In today's episode, I had Jess DeYoung join me for a conversation about emotional health and leaning into loving others the way the Bible tells us to. Jess is a podcaster who believes in living boldly for Jesus. She is someone that prefers deep conversations and living authentically. When Jess isn't helping people in the hospital, she can be found in the great outdoors, hiking with her dog, camping, and backpacking. I hope you find this conversation helpful. Thanks, Jess, for being here. I appreciate it. Yes, so good to be here. (laughs) So I want to start by learning just a little bit about you. Talk to me for a minute about who Jess is. Where are you from? What do you do for work? What are your hobbies? So I am from a small town in Montana. So it's Manhattan, Montana, and it's just outside of Bozeman, which is where I would say most people are probably familiar with. So it's only like six and a half hours from Boise, Idaho, where I'm currently at. and I actually work as a nurse. So upcoming this October actually will be six years that I've been in the field. And it's just been an amazing passion um, of mine. And I currently work at St. Alphonsus in Boise. And I work in ER medicine, which has been, I would say, uh, most mm. of you know what my career has been. Yeah. Um, as far as hobbies, I would say anything outdoors, anything active. I have a dog that I love to take hiking. I love to go camping. Um, anything like boating, skiing, snowboarding. I just love the adrenaline. Always love to be kind of on the <laughs> go. And so I would say that's definitely my definitely my speed. Um, and I just think you know being in Boise, especially coming over from Montana, it's that kind of same outdoor culture, which yeah. I absolutely love. And even just being here for almost, I think it's almost five years now. It's kind of been amazing to explore that a little bit and be somewhere that's familiar, but yet somewhere, you know, new as well. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I've only been to Montana once, maybe twice. It's kind of similar, right? Like the climate yes. and yeah. the outdoors. Definitely. And- definitely. I would say Boise is way more the climate that is tolerable. I mean, it's nine months of winter in Montana, three oh, months of a hot summer. And so you're getting a little bit of everything with Boise, which is nice. You get the fall, the spring, summer, winter, everything. Yeah. You get all the seasons. <laughs> which is awesome. So you experience all, yeah, all the seasons, which is pretty fun. 
That's so. cool. So when you can't be found in the hospital, you can be found outdoors. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes. That is definitely my, I think, place of sanity after kind of the chaos, especially being in the ER. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about that too. The ER, um, I'm sure gets a little crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So part of the culture of Stories Unveiled is that we go deep real fast. So we are going to dive in to your story and a little bit, um, a little bit deeper about like your passions and um, just kind of where you're at right now. So you said you're a nurse mm -hmm. and you're an emergency room nurse. Yes. Tell me about that and tell me about the impact just being a nurse in and of itself has had on you, both spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I have wanted to be a nurse ever since I was seven years old. So wow. my aunt, um, she actually worked in Bozeman for a long time. And then I shadowed her when I was seven. My mom actually brought me to go visit her. And I just remember- You shadowed, hold on, you shadowed in a hospital at seven? At seven no. years old. Yeah. I mean, my mom brought me yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, to the hospital just to see my aunt and like see kind of what she yeah. does and like get a flow of nursing. And That's I cool. was so young and I remember walking out and my mom looked down at me and then I just had sparkles in my eyes is what she remembers and just looked up at her and was like, mom, I want to be a nurse. Oh. And ever since then, it just never has really changed. I felt like God was really leading me to nursing at a very young age. Yeah. Um, and I would just say for me, especially the last few years, I, I've always wanted to be in ER medicine. And I think God just had such an amazing way of getting to me or getting me to that point where, you know, I was working on a surgical floor, working with a lot of cardiac patients, but I knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to take care of people in their most mm -hmm. vulnerable moments. And when they're at their worst, which a lot of times is in critical care, it's in the ER, it's in the ICU, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so when I entered into nursing, I felt like it was kind of that spiritual aspect right from the get-go. I'm like, this is how I want to serve Christ. This is how I want to serve the Lord is being in the ER and just being there at, you know, people's worst, kind of like I was saying earlier. And we see, unfortunately, a lot of trauma, a lot of death and yeah. a lot of, we experience a lot of those um, uh, experiences, I guess. So it's, it's easy to kind of dive into the spiritual, even with coworkers where you might not see people that are saved or you might work with people that are not saved. And it's mm -hmm. such a really, or it's such a cool opportunity to be a witness. Um, and so I think spiritually, it was definitely a focus kind of right from the get-go. I would say mentally and emotionally has been where I have been the most humbled. And I think kind of where I've needed the most prayer in a way. Um, I think mentally I've definitely been strengthened, especially through the seasons of COVID. I mean, I started at St. Luke's in Boise, um, 2020, so March of 2020, right when COVID started, but oh, it man. was a very, very traumatic time. I mean, a lot of kids were abused, a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, young kids that were successful in killing themselves, like, um, hanging themselves. And it was just such a traumatic time, I think for me, but yet at the same time, it built me so much mentally to where I could be a shoulder to cry on for these families and these young families that were experiencing something so horrible and horrific in their life. And so I think even just mentally, it created this strength that I didn't even know I could have. And mm. it's truly through Christ, honestly, he developed that, um, for sure. But I think, um, emotionally, it's really hard. Cause you know, when you think of being in the ER, you kind of have to come or like compartmentalize, I guess, where you're 
taking care of somebody, but yet there's kind of this pattern and this routine that you have to go through in order to best care for somebody or even, you know, have a chance of saving their life. And obviously if somebody lives or dies, that's going to be under God's control. Like that is going to be the Lord, no matter what. Oftentimes I'm in those situations and somebody might, you know, be about to die and I'm, you know, finding myself praying like, Lord, if it's your will for them to go take them in peace, Mm -hmm. if it's not, I pray that you give them an opportunity to find you and find a relationship with you if they do get kind of that second chance at life, so to say. Um, And so emotionally, I think that's where it's been the most humbling because I feel like sometimes I can get so stuck in almost kind of drifting away from the emotion instead of, I mean, I cry with patients. I definitely, you know, interact with them after Um, I'm crying over them with them, just with their family members. But yet at the same time, I think I don't even let it carry over into maybe going home or letting myself feel those emotions. It's like two different compartments. And it's important to do that, I think, in order to safely take care of somebody. But yet at the same time, I think it's okay to feel, you know, what you're feeling at work and it's okay to decompress. It's okay to pray about things after work, which I'm finding I'm getting a lot better at. But sometimes just kind of navigating that has been definitely been a trying season. Well, (laughs) humanizing your emotions. Like if you, if you didn't have those emotions or you were so emotionally shut off or didn't allow those things or those things didn't penetrate you or affect you at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would make you a robot. Right. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Yep. So just allowing myself to feel that and not internalize everything. Cause I think even too, I've seen it where it wreaks havoc on my health or I'll Mm. get like chest pain or anxious or my stomach hurts, or it's like, I'm keeping everything inside instead of just allowing myself to feel that or even decompressing praying, you know, after work, I have a 20 minute drive home. You know, why not take that time to just kind of deescalate a little bit and I've got to realize too, what I see is not what everybody sees day in and day out. It's a tough thing to process. And a lot of times, you know, even just taking care of somebody in such a vulnerable moment can really require a lot of sacrifice and selflessness for them in that moment. And so you're always taking care of somebody else. You're always being kind of that support for them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think to pour into other people, you have to kind of let other people pour into you or just, yeah, take care of yourself. So absolutely, it's been interesting navigating that, but very humbling and yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you, you touched on this just a, for just a minute and I want to see if maybe you, you can like expound upon this, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so you work at a hospital. What's ironic is it's a Catholic hospital, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So yes. not yep. necessarily secular environment, but I mean, right. kind of because yeah. they hire everybody, yes, you know, definitely. they don't yep. hire based on their background or their yeah. faith. <laughs> um, so how do you reconcile working in what I would consider a secular environment where there is so much loss, trauma and death mm-hmm. and where you can't necessarily talk about Jesus in every right. situation and, and or maybe in any right. situation. Right. Um, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, I think, um, I guess to start one thing I would say, and I would just encourage even younger nurses too, when they're first starting out, when I first started at St. Luke's downtown, um, I, I feel like I really kind of dove right in with a lot of my friends and coworkers and that kind of thing that ended up just being there was like a few individuals that I felt like were practicing nursing in a way that I just I didn't want to 
exemplify mm-hmm. myself, I guess, and um, be known as a nurse. And I felt like I got myself kind of caught into just this perspective of nursing that I really didn't want to bring forth. I'm like, you know, in my mind, this is just not a good influence on me. And this is not why I became a nurse. Mm. And so I ended up having to kind of pull back from some of the relationships and some of the coworkers that I had at St. Luke's because I'm like, you know, this is getting away from even just maybe the, like the language I was using or just how like escalating under, you know, traumatic situations. And normally I'm very, calm and think well under pressure. And I just, I felt like I wasn't who I wanted to be as a nurse in that environment. And so I would say kind of first off, especially when it comes to faith as a nurse, what I did differently when I was at um, St. Alphonsus and then now being there was I got to know a lot of my coworkers, but then there was quite a few that are believers that Mm -hmm. I got to know. And I developed such a an amazing relationship with them, honestly. And it just got so much deeper, you know, day in and day out. And I feel like it was a really good reflection on how I continue to act in the work, I guess, kind of in the working field that I'm in where you're having people that are pouring into you. And so I think it really reflected well on, yeah, kind of that reconciliation and understanding and recognizing um, your faith and just your witness amongst non-believers so really finding that in your coworkers, i would say is kind of the first step right and i think really taking that seriously in that environment and then i would also say for me it's pretty easy when you know families are coming in and they're experiencing that loss i think it's a lot easier for me to kind of interact with them maybe in a way of faith or you know kind of spiritualizing things where you can talk to them hey do you you know believe in god or do you have a faith Mm -hmm. or can i pray for you is one of the biggest things that i ask a lot of my patients because it's such an easy way to be there for them and a lot of times people do appreciate prayer you know they're in their most vulnerable moments and so it's a way that you can subtly witness and then i've even found too just simply asking if i can pray for somebody leads into an amazing conversation about faith and about god and i've ended up talking about god to a lot of my patients through that Mm -hmm. um and i would say it's definitely harder to navigate with coworkers when you're surrounded by so many that aren't believers but yet at the same time I've gotten to the point, I would say, especially now in the last year and a half where I am just more bold and more vocal about my faith and what I believe. And so then my coworkers just know where I stand at the very beginning. You know, I'm entering into this new job and I tell a lot of them, like, this is where, this is where I stand. This is why I believe what I do. And I feel like a lot of my coworkers do respect that. Mm. And it's been awesome because then I feel like it's an open door to kind of witness to them and talk to them and stuff. And Um, even through trauma and loss, I think I talk a lot about where somebody is going. I mean, at the, I mean, at the end of the day, like when you die and you, we've had these patients that, I mean, obviously have lost their life. You know, I talked to a lot of coworkers, where do you believe Mm. they're going or what does that look like for you? And kind of digging into that. And I think that's really created a lot of deep conversations too, because you're thinking about eternity yeah, and you're thinking about the rest of their life. And so it gives my coworkers even just an opportunity to kind of think about that, you know, the hope that they might have in their life. And so I think just even bringing that loss up as traumatic as it is for a family or even just bringing it up to coworkers because they were there in that moment before it happened. um, Yeah, has just kind of created a really cool opportunity to think about deeper deeper things. Yeah. 
Yeah. A couple thoughts. I want you as my nurse if I ever find myself <laughs> or my family at St. Alphonsus. <laughs> yes, gladly. <laughs> That's my first thought. <laughs> my second thought is, um, you know, we've talked a lot about this on the podcast with other guests, but um, we know how God works and who he is and his character mm-hmm. and that he can make, you know, he can turn all things mm-hmm. for good and he makes yes. beauty from ashes. And so... Yep out of terrible circumstances, and I've seen it time and time again, but out of terrible circumstances like death um, Mm -hmm. that you unfortunately witness a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, It's amazing the really cool doors that can open and the conversations that can can happen because of that and that you are in a profession that there's a little bit of permission maybe in that just because Mm -hmm. of such vulnerability that you witness from the family members that are left behind. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. So the last three years have been real rough for a lot of people. I'll just, I'll just call it what it is. Um, but really for medical professionals, um, like, like real bad. And I'm, I know that especially like in the beginning, like you said, you started at St. Luke's downtown Mm -hmm. in Boise, um, in 2020, kind of Mm -hmm. when everything was ramping up and that could not have been pleasant. And I think it just got worse, way worse before it got better. (laughs) Yes. And so talk to me a little bit about how the last three years have affected you. Yeah, I think so. I think I started, yeah, St. Luke's downtown in Boise in March of 2020. So that was the very very beginning of COVID. And I think it just kind of had a different impact. If I'm being honest, I think COVID was kind of the last thing on my mind, I think during that season. Um, and it, I mean, it impacted me and impacted my coworkers in a lot of, in a lot of ways. I think, you know, for me, even just in my family during that time, we experienced a lot of loss and like my grandma and my mom were diagnosed with cancer a month apart in 2020. And, you know, I lost a cousin traumatically and an aunt and there's just, so much loss during that time. And then even to just working in a pediatric hospital was really tough where, you know, like I said earlier too, a lot of kids were either getting abused or, you know, they were taking their lives and it was such a traumatic way to kind of enter into COVID just with that alone. So, and so you saw, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, you saw a lot of that, like even before COVID mm-hmm. case things started to yes, ramp up or yeah. even all throughout, like all kids. throughout, I would say, yes. Yep. Cause I mean, a lot of families, you know, they're spending so much time with their kids cause yeah. their kids, you know, can't be mm-hmm. at school. Can't school. They can't be interacting with other kids. They're just stuck at home with their families. And so we would see a lot of escalation. We would see a lot of, you know, kind of families ramping up and then kids were getting neglected. They were getting abused. And then they ended up, you know, coming to our hospital and suffered so much for it. And so many families experienced so much loss. And then even during that first year or two, it was kind of weird because everybody was supposed to be home, but yet we still got a lot of pediatric traumas too. Mm -hmm. And then we saw quite a bit of that through the beginning of my career And that was the very start of the ER experience for me. And it was like just zero to a hundred like that, you know, the snap of a finger. And it just was kind of a lot to process. And I was pretty young too. And so I think it really kind of forced me into a lot of emotional like maturity and growth pretty quick because you have to be that support and that strength for people in ways that you don't even don't even realize and just the ways that you have to kind of alter your communication 
is way different too. I mean, just because of what some people are experiencing. I mean, they might've just lost a six month old, you know? Mm. And we saw a lot of that in a very short amount of time. So it definitely impacted me. I think, um, especially in my relationship, I think with God too, I think it definitely strengthened that relationship, which was amazing. I mean, I, I think it was such a reminder of my total loss. I have a hard time always wanting to be kind of in control in a lot of different situations. <laughs> and it was even just between what was going on with my family and work and COVID, it was like, okay, I need to completely give this to God. I do not have a single ounce of control in this right. situation, you yeah. know, and um, I can't be in control. I'm not everybody's like savior, you know, mm -hmm. it's, this is, this is definitely, um, where I think I was the most humbled for sure. I think also what I've even seen from other nurses, the last three years, other coworkers was a lot of burnout very, very quickly. Cause yeah. everybody was experiencing COVID or everybody was panicked or everybody. Mm -hmm. And you always had to just kind of decompress or really bring that escalation, that anxiety down. So it's like, you're just taking people that are so up here as far as their anxiety. And you're just constantly trying to bring them down without going insane yourself. You know, well, <laughs> you always had to like, be like that calm in the storm. <laughs> um, right. Emotions ran high and have run high for the last three years. Anyways, yep. like, yes, totally. You know, it's, everybody experienced COVID in a, in a very different way. Like mm -hmm. everybody's experiences with it, the illness themselves with loss, with yep. everything, right. Yeah. The being stuck at home. I, I mean, on the spectrum, I know some people who were like, that's literally my worst nightmare to be stuck at home mm -hmm. day in and day out with yeah. my family. And that's me too. <laughs> and some other people were like, I loved it. Like it was yeah. a dream come true. Yeah. I had my family yeah. with me 24 seven and I never yep. had to leave. And so yeah. everybody's perspective was so very different so, on yeah, how the entire situation yeah. has gone for them. And, emotions were high all around, mm -hmm. like regardless of 100%. if it was fear yep. or, you know, opinions or all of the things. And it got ugly, especially yeah. I'm assuming within the hospital. Yeah, definitely. I would even say too, that a lot of we've even seen, cause with working at St. Al's too, it's one of those hospitals. We do get a lot of patients that come in, even with um, mental health mm -hmm. issues, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I've noticed that there is a way quicker escalation to very minute wow. issues. You know, it's like everybody's still after COVID is yeah. still just kind of up here Heightened. as far as their yeah, anxiety or their anger. And they just snap in ways that they never would have wow. before. Um, and it's just so interesting to see it carry over for so long. And I think, you know, even just kind of going back, I talk a lot about burnout and that kind of thing. But when you are constantly taking care of that kind of personality or somebody that is so quick to yeah snap in those situations, it's just, it's toxic and unhealthy really for everybody around, yeah everybody around you, which has been kind of a hard thing to navigate. Um, and then it's, you know, people talk about how safe, Boise is. It definitely is for sure. <laughs> um, no doubt. But it's it's just interesting but how- But also don't move here. I'm just but kidding. Also, yes. No, seriously. <laughs> you don't move here, please. <laughs> no, just no, stay, no. stay where I'm I am. just kidding. We <laughs> welcome everybody that has moved here, at least in my opinion, because it is a great place. <laughs> no, it's a great place for sure. It's just interesting to see kind of how- that's even, yeah, carried over into a place like Boise yeah. too. And I think that's just what, even as just a healthcare provider warrants so much prayer. And I think yeah. even just during 
work too. I find myself praying so much more than I ever did before, even just for how people think or how people interact or how, you know, even just for protection, like for, you know, our staff, those around us and that kind of thing, um, I think is so, is so important as well. And I do hope that things start to kind of die down, you Mm -hmm. know, we're getting back to normal, that kind of thing. But is St. Al's a a level one trauma center? Two. It's a level two trauma center. Okay. But you are the biggest only regional yes. one yes so you in, in area. i was yeah. gonna say in yeah. the area you are yeah. the highest level like trauma center yes in the area yes and yep. so y'all see a lot we do yeah yeah definitely more we than have, any other hospital in the area yes yeah we do see quite a bit of we see a lot of the critical stuff we see a lot of the adults that are going through trauma and then st luke's downtown is trying to get more of their pediatric focus going in and then their children's and then they get a lot of the pediatric trauma. And so that's where I saw a lot of that, Mm -hmm. um, which was definitely a different style of nursing, but we do see a lot of the, yeah, adult traumas and even just start like strokes and heart attacks and that kind of thing. And so we are seeing so much of that critical, Yeah. yeah, that critical care. And so even just, you know, bringing in patients that might be more, escalated or still going through residual from COVID, but then you also have this trauma and then loss and then heart attacks. It's like, everything is just yeah, always up there, you know? Oh man. Yeah. All times. Well, I appreciate what you do and I appreciate medical staff. Like yeah. it's still worth like it. Crazy. It's awesome. So, I'm so glad <laughs> there are people job. <laughs> like you that a still love their job yeah. and yeah. B, um, see a value in it and are passionate about it because I mean, it's needed. What would we do without mm-hmm. doctors and nurses? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's been amazing and it's very, it is such a humbling career. I mean, for me too, I want to be humbled every mm-hmm. day, you know, and I definitely am and I'm challenged in a lot of different ways too. And honestly, I view it as such a blessing really that, you know, I see so many of my coworkers around me that are, you know, maybe into you know, cause traveling really took off like into yeah. it for the money or mm-hmm. into it, you know, for only a, a little bit more or just a, you know, a small season cause they're burnt out or they're sick of it. And I'm just really thankful for where God has brought me and that he's still given me this love and this passion to serve people. And I think even more so than when I first started, yeah. cause I think a lot of times I internalize and I'm not like the most outwardly emotional person, mm-hmm. But yeah, just even how God has really transformed that relationship with him, relationship with other people and just kind of those, yeah, human emotions or allowing myself to experience that. I never thought I was going to be like that now. I thought I was going to be a lot more burnt out, kind of lost my passion, especially after COVID. I was like, oh, this is going to be rough, like really quick because a lot of people left and even our staff too. Now, I mean, we've had so many travelers. I'm technically a local traveler, so it looks a little bit different. But at the same time, yeah, we're losing so much of that continued mm-hmm. staff. I mean, you you get a lot of turnover in the ER. That's pretty common just because a lot of people get burnt out very quick. That's yeah. normal. Yeah. But then COVID just expedites everything. Yeah. So I'm very thankful, though, in a lot of ways for the coworkers that I have, for the team that I have, just for the passion that I feel like is continuing to grow through this yeah, career. So, yeah. So you pretty recently started a podcast. Is that correct? I did. Called Living Bold with Jess. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Talk to me about why you started that. 
Yeah, so I started it back in May, technically. So it okay. has eight episodes. So we're still kind of in the beginning season, obviously. May of 2023. Yes. Right? Yeah, cool. which is so, super fun. So yes. I'm kind of excited to take off, hopefully. But um, the reason why I wanted to start this podcast, so it actually was based kind of one of my verses that I talked about at the beginning was Philippians 1.14. And it talks about just having that boldness with your brothers and sisters to mm. proclaim the gospel and proclaiming it without fear. And I think in a lot of ways in our culture, you know, everybody is kind of expected to have an opinion, but then when somebody has an opinion that's different than yours, you just kind of have to accept them and love them. And mm-hmm. it just, it feels so counter- I mean, kind of counterintuitive to what I believe and what I've always believed. And I think for me too, it was just so important to kind of get that focus. There's a lot of times where we talk about so many different subjects in Christianity that we're going to have differing, you know, opinions on whether that's marriage, you know, sexuality, um, abortion, you know, we're going to talk about really big things. And I think there's so many, even just coworkers and friends that I have, they'll be talking to somebody that might not be saved and might not be a believer. And then they go off on their opinion, which is totally fine. But then we as Christians are supposed to just kind of accept what they say instead of maybe go back to the gospel, why we believe what we believe and truly love them. I think authentically and in a a real way. I mean, if you're loving someone well, I think it's, you wanting to point them back to Christ and the mm-hmm. gospel. That's what ultimately saves you. I mean, that's how we're saved. Yeah. And so I think when you get away from that, it can be really dangerous in that relationship and you're losing an opportunity to be bold. You're losing an opportunity to witness. And that's why I wanted to start the podcast is I want to encourage, you know, I did it as like a women's podcast slash blog, I guess, but um, I wanted women to feel like they have this opportunity And I mean, really anybody, obviously men and women, but when they're facing adversity or when they're talking to somebody, it's okay to be sharing the gospel, sharing why you believe what you believe and not just accepting everybody's opinions and, you know, being okay with everything. We should look very different from the world. Yeah. And if we're honestly not having a lot of opposition or we're just kind of going, you know, going by willy nilly, like not really thinking about what influence we might be having, or if we're just kind of walking around and everybody is, we're friends with everybody, Mm -hmm. we might not be, we might not be doing it right. Honestly, like you should be a little bit in opposition, I guess, with the world because we do believe so differently than most people in the world. Well, and if, if loving your neighbor um, in the way that Jesus mm-hmm. loves right. meant aff- affirming, mm-hmm. then that's what the Bible would talk about, right? Yeah. And so instead to love people like Jesus mm-hmm. in a very real way is yep. to call them is to call them up and to call mm-hmm. them out of their sin because sin, that's what yep. Jesus did. Totally. Jesus, you know, I've I've heard it said. I've I've known people who have said, well, as a Christian. You know, Jesus hung out with the prostitutes and the sinners and the tax collectors. That's mm-hmm. what I should be doing. Yeah. But it was yeah. as an excuse to live in their sin. Right. It was exactly. as an excuse yep. to stay where they were. Yeah. Because, but if you go back and you look in the Bible, Jesus hung out, quote unquote, with those people to call them out of their, their sin. sin. He left yeah. them so they could be changed. Like he, you know, how he left them was calling them out so they could be changed. He didn't leave a changed person. Right. You know, he stood steadfast in what God sent him to do. Right. And that's how we need to be mm-hmm. living. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I know. It's always funny. I always think of the quote too, when a lot of people say, well, Jesus drank wine and it's like, you know, an excuse to kind of like get drunk binge or, you know, or take your binge <laughs> or like crazy. go too far. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you hear it's that example all drunk. the time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very easy to, I mean, even just that example alone. And that's what I wanted this yeah podcast to, you know, be about. Cause I think it's, I mean, every generation has faced different, you know, different evils and different hardships in you know their own way but I just think even to a lot of people and a lot of sermons and a lot of pastors these days they talk so much about the way of the world and what it's going and what it's kind of looking Mm -hmm. looking like in the future Um, and then a lot of people are like man this world is just it is going downhill really really fast Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of people that are wanting to witness and be an example in that way and wanting to you know share the gospel in that way and so I just wanted this podcast to be an encouragement for those to yeah be bold in it that's awesome the gospel yeah well i i'm so inspired by like your tenacity and on all fronts um you could have quit your job like many people (laughs) did you could have gotten super burnt out you could stay quiet about kind of the emotional toll that your job takes on you and um you could shy away from hard topics and conversations but instead instead of running from those things, especially when it would be really easy. And I think a lot of people would um, understand and maybe even commend that you kind of run into it and lean into it so much so Mm. that you now have like a public platform to address and talk about these things. And I just think it's super courageous and awesome. Um, So tell me where I can find the podcast, um, how often the podcast episodes are released and um, maybe if there's a topic or something that you've been really excited about um, that we can expect to like hear on it. Yeah. So you can actually find it on, I would say Spotify is probably the most, um, most used with the podcast so okay. far. And then Apple podcasts, iHeartRadio, those are probably the top three that I would say okay. um, you can find. And then it's just, like I said earlier, we're eight seasons in, so we're kind of, or eight, eight seasons, eight <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> so so it's kind of the, yeah, the early stages. And I think, you know, for me, I've kind of been praying about a couple different topics. Usually I do an episode a week. And then a lot of times I like to encourage viewers and listeners, even through Instagram, I might do like a video with a verse on it throughout the week, that kind of thing. It just might be, you know, an encouragement throughout the week. And so it's a couple, you know, an episode and then maybe, um, a verse. So two things Mm -hmm. a week typically. And I would say the next episode I've kind of been praying a lot about. So I actually just did an episode on real love for the unbeliever. So it's, Mm. you know, we kind of talked about that, you know, those hard topics that we have, but really loving them well. And so I think I'm going to kind of stick with maybe a similar theme. And I think just kind of the courage, um, the courage in that and just kind of the courage behind having those opportunities when you are witnessing to an unbeliever. And I think just how that can look and then scriptures to go behind it. Usually I like to share in every episode, giving somebody tools to use for, you know, instead of just talking for an hour, it's like, okay, let's dig back into the word and how we can kind of how we can go through that. And then I recently talked about joy in the small things. Um, And so I think I've even just kind of been praying about, doing an episode on peace, just kind of going through different attributes, I guess, like even, mm. yeah, just joy um, or different ways that you can kind of express your, express your faith. 
So kind of praying about those and then those will probably be the episodes and the topics for the next couple of weeks. That's so, cool. Yeah. What's cool about your podcast, because um, I've seen it and I've listened and um, they're all different like lengths, like you said. So mm-hmm. you can do like a mini sermon, right? Yeah. Or whatever you can yep. like kind of teach from the word and dive in. And those are a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have just like kind of an inspiration or an encouragement in a scripture or something. So Mm -hmm. they're kind of all different. Like, so if somebody doesn't necessarily listen consecutively or start at the beginning, they can kind of jump around or pick and choose what they have time for. Even it's not like they're getting into an hour long podcast every single time. Right. So it's kind of cool. Definitely. And I think it's just so funny how people, think these days unfortunately it is a world of instant gratification oh, you know so sometimes when you go on for i think we ever, got people for like 90 you lose seconds. people pretty quick yeah yeah thank you instagram <laughs> reels and tiktok <laughs> i know it's ruined it for everybody no i'm yeah. just kidding um but just getting yeah to the point faster and then even too if i'm just kind of sharing maybe scripture to go with whatever topic it might just be you know a few verses or four or five verses mm-hmm. you know that just kind of have to do with our topics so that yeah. way it's like okay you're digging back into digging back into the word because really that's what's going to help you combat sin that's yeah. what's going to help you turn from your sin is you know digging back into the word and memorizing scripture mm-hmm. understanding scripture listening to scripture and it's something i can definitely be better you know better at um but yeah just memorizing it too and studying it i think definitely helps in your in your walk which is the yeah whole purpose of the podcast so that's awesome So I always conclude with kind of the same uh, type of question. And so I'm going to ask you, Jess, for the listener who is struggling to maybe lean into their emotions um, and really embrace their humanity in that, Mm -hmm. um, or for the person who is fearful about maybe what people might think when it comes to sharing the gospel or sharing their faith, um, what would you say to them? And do you have any encouragement or advice? Um, I think, yeah, kind of to answer the first one. Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to, (laughs) it's still something I'm definitely navigating for sure. But I think where I've seen, where I kind of encourage the emotional component. I mean, as a nurse, it's kind of hard because when you're taking care of a patient, you do kind of want to, I guess you want to be careful about how much you're invested when you're in that moment taking Mm -hmm. care of somebody. But at the same time, I think where I would encourage even like a new nurse or a healthcare provider, just, you know, somebody in medicine where allow yourself to kind of feel those emotions, maybe even right after, or Mm -hmm. allow yourself to feel that with the family that you're taking care of and allow yourself to kind of experience those emotions, take it to prayer, take it to Mm -hmm. the Lord. I think that's been one thing that's been huge for me and even just going, you know, after work and reading scripture. And I think just going back to the gospel has just been really encouraging for me as well, because it's really reminding me of, you know, I am human. I am imperfect. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was there for that person, but what could I have done differently? And I used to just like scrutinize, kind of scrutinize every little thing and Mm -hmm. just make a home there yeah, instead of just giving it to God. And that's where I had the hardest time with control. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I'm like the emotional part of it. Let yourself, feel those emotions it's okay it's not a big deal it doesn't make you weak I think that's where I also had a really hard time is if I was you know emotional with somebody or I was you know crying with a patient or I I was afraid of how I looked with them honestly that I was like weak or that I was unprofessional maybe like I seemed unprofessional or you know I don't know I just had kind of a negative look on it just yeah I felt like it was kind of taking that strength or I would just internalize because I wanted to serve them so bad. Mm -hmm. But to me, that just meant 
not crying with them or not yeah. like being the shoulder they could cry on. But it's also like, man, I can show them so much in the love of Christ, even just by mourning with them or laughing with them or yeah, just, yeah, kind of mm-hmm. feeling those emotions. So that's where I would definitely say I would encourage people the most. And even just outside of healthcare too, you know, they talk um, in scripture talks a lot about being of sober mind. And a lot of people mm-hmm. take that as like drunkenness or right. that kind of thing. But at the same time, it actually could be, you know, being a sober mind in those seasons is just even being emotionally mature where you're kind of thinking through those emotions. But I took it as like, you can't have them or mm. like you shouldn't have them or you should internalize everything. And just yeah. because you're letting yourself get angry or mad or experiencing joy, you're all over the place and then you're just not thinking right. So then I always had to be chill. I always had yeah. to be kind of keep my cool instead of <laughs> it's okay sometimes to let it go. Uh-huh. And some people can pour into you through, through that as yeah. well. And I think it really strengthens your relationship with God and it doesn't wreak havoc on your health either when you internalize <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is me, but yeah. So. <laughs> and then just what about for somebody who is um, maybe fearful about sharing their faith? Oh, yeah. Um, that was, yeah, definitely me. I feel like a few years ago. So I would definitely say I love to be authentic and intentional with relationships with people. So that's mm-hmm. a big thing for me. I just love, you know, relationships and building community with people. And so I felt like I had a lot of a lot of times where I didn't share my faith as quickly as I would have now just because I wanted to I guess kind of build that relationship with that person first and which I think is definitely a good way to be but at the same time you know you might never see a patient again that really just needs to hear the gospel like they mm-hmm. might be gone in 30 minutes you yeah. know and so like sometimes you're missing out on those opportunities to witness and I would just encourage, you know, a lot of people are fearful. I was, especially the last few years where I felt like my relationship with God, especially spiritually in the word, maybe wasn't as strong as it had been in the past. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't have this scripture memorized or what do I say if they come back at me with this? Like, what am I gonna, mm-hmm. what am I gonna say? But then I was encouraged by a lot of friends and pastors and they said, it's okay to be humble and not know yeah. all the answers. Yeah. But you can say, look, this is why I believe what I believe. A lot of this, because really our our faith is faith. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, we, sometimes we don't have a reason right. for the faith that we, that we have. We just, you know, we have to trust in Christ and that's a lot of our relationship. And so if you're sharing the gospel with somebody, they're going to, they're going to see that. Yeah. And then it gave me a lot more hope. And I think courage of just being bold. And it's amazing too, how the Holy spirit works through mm. that witness. I mean, even some of the stuff that I just say to people, I'm like, wow, You're where, like, did, where, that, where did that come from? <laughs> Holy smokes. Like, whoa. <laughs> so it's pretty cool too, just how God can really take control and does take control of that situation. And that's where, again, I need to be kind of off my high horse there and be humbled mm-hmm. and, and bold because yeah, you, I mean, we're not going to be on this earth forever. might as well right. take advantage of the opportunity to witness. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, Jess. Well, thank you so yes. much for joining me today. Yes, absolutely. And for anybody that wants to find Living Bold, we will have those links and stuff to find you on Instagram and on those platforms in the show notes. So sweet. Awesome. Thanks. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation on the Stories Unveiled podcast. We would love it if you would leave us a rating or review. If you would like to learn more about Stories Unveiled and our events, go to storiesunveiledconference.com 
or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at storiesunveiled underscore. The Stories Unveiled podcast is created in partnership with KTSY and Barefoot Media Ministries. For more encouragement and other podcasts, visit ktsy.org. Have an incredible day and go live unveiled.